Welcome to the Service Academy Sorority, a space where women that have graduated from the service academies can share their stories and build a sense of camaraderie and sisterhood. In this episode, I interview Shauna Marshall, a 2005 graduate from the United States Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland. You'll get to hear all about her journey from a small town in Vermont to becoming one of a handful of women to enter the Navy EOD community to now living abroad as a physical therapist with her husband and three kids. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the podcast, Shauna. Hi, how are you? Good, good. Can you tell everyone where you're from, what school you went to, and when you graduated? Sure. So I'm from Burlington, Vermont. Um, I went to the Naval Academy, and I graduated in 2005. Nice. And can you give everyone one or two lines briefly describing who you are? Uh, sure. Right now, I'm, I'm a physical therapist, mom of three. Um, I did eight years in the Navy and then got out to pursue a career in physical therapy. Nice. So, mom of three, we got your hands full. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Well, let's go back to the beginning, okay? Um, when you were deciding where to go to college, uh, what made you choose a service academy? And what made you specifically choose the Naval Academy? Sure. So um, when the time came, my, my mom, my mom was a single mom. She sat down with me and said, listen, I can't afford um, to send you to, to pay for, for you to go to college. So why don't you consider one of these service academies? Nobody in my family had been in the military and we didn't know anything. We were from liberal Vermont, so no association with the military. Um, so I applied to, to the Air Force Academy and the Coast Guard Academy and the Naval Academy in West Point and only visited West Point and the Naval Academy. And um, coming from Vermont, I didn't live near the ocean. So I thought this will be such a great opportunity for me to go. And once I join the Navy, I'll be at all of these ports by the ocean and I'll have this luxurious life. This will be amazing. And at the time, I also thought I wanted to go to med school. So um, I knew that a small percentage of people who went to the Naval Academy pursued that career and um, it was paid for with service, of course. So that was also enticing. Um, but I, I went down and visited the Naval Academy and I stayed with this other woman um, and her roommates and it um, took me on this little recon where we hopped off the yard and we wore camouflage and we snuck around and we, I don't even remember what we did, moved a boat into you know, the campus. And it was kind of like this cool, fun adventure. And after I got back to high school, I was like, this is amazing. This is exactly the kind of adventure I need. I'm signing up for this 100%. So that just kind of sealed the deal for me. <laughs> it sounds like you had a pretty interesting picture of what you thought the Navy was, um, kind of like this adventurous, uh, exciting lens of what you thought it would be like with is that yeah true? absolutely yes anything yeah. bigger than small town Vermont I just I thought you know no matter where I ended up kind of no matter what career I got into um that I would just be going on this this adventure yeah huh. so after you went to the Naval Academy did you did you go and stay at West Point as well and see if you liked that I did but I it wasn't kind of the same feel um you know, it was a little bit more structured, a little bit, it just didn't have, it, 
I don't know. I didn't feel that same sense of team that I did, you know, for the very short, I think, night that I was at the Navy Academy. I didn't have the same um, perception of that at West Point. And it was also a little closer to home. So I thought, well, maybe I should push it a little more, head down to Annapolis. So I'll be just far enough away where I'm kind of forced into adulthood and um, start my start my life down there. So I think that was another reason, too. Yeah. Yeah. It, so you said that no one in your family has any military background at all. So yeah. how did they feel? I mean, I know your mom was the one who presented you with the, these options, but mm-hmm. how, how did they feel when you were actually like pursuing them? And then when you actually got in? Yeah, I think, I think a lot of people thought, well, let's just see if she actually gets in, you know, if not, she could go to the university of Vermont or somewhere closer to home. Um, and then when I finally said, nope, this is, I got in, this is actually going to happen. This is where I want to go. Um, most of my family just kind of took a step back and said, wait a minute, you know, we don't know a lot about these people and this military and are you really ready for all of this? And I, I had no idea if I was or not. Um, but I think it maybe took those four years for my family to, you know, my extended family, my grandparents and aunts and uncles to hop on board and say, okay, this is really cool. And we can stand behind this. And, you know, she's, she's doing this for our country. And I think they gained a little bit more patriotism in the process. Was that hard for them having you leave and go all the way down to Annapolis, you know, for. Yeah, I think it, it was a little bit hard. Um, but you know, uh, since they hadn't served in the military, they hadn't served in Vietnam or, you know, um, the Gulf War. They thought, well, hey, maybe you know. I think they gained a little bit more appreciation for it because I come home with stories and things I was learning about, and I think they um, they began to appreciate it a little bit more. Yeah, certainly, there's some some of my family still that is too liberal and, and just thinks that that any anything in the military is too much, but for the most part, um, most of my family got on board with it. Ah. It sounds like the Naval Academy was really the option for you. Like, did you get in right away or was it that a process for you? Um, I think I, I'm trying to remember how the process went. I think I, I did get my acceptance letter right away, but it was, you know, as you know, you have to get your, um, nomination from a Senator, from a Congressman. Um, and, you know, coming from Vermont where there was, I think there was one other person who applied. I, I, once I got the letter back from that, I got a letter back from a Senator and from a Congressman because there was just not a lot of people applying from my state. Um, I, I got in or knew that I was going to be heading there that summer. And, um, we actually, I went down with one other person who applied on a, he was on a wrestling scholarship or he had been pursued for his wrestling. Um, he and I went down to this meeting that was held in Boston, I think of kind of the new England chapter of, of, um, and you know, Naval Academy alumni association or something like that. So we could get to know these other classmates. I think then I was like, Oh, this is, and, and many other states, this is incredibly competitive. And there's people who wait years to, you know, find out if they're going to get into this. And for me, I always felt like, well, I'm from, I'm from the small Vermont where nobody else wants to go to the Naval Academy. So they must have just let me in, you know, given me this mm. opportunity. Ah, gotcha. Interesting. Um, did you, did you apply to other schools as well, Shauna? Or did you? I, I did. You went Chapel Hill and Tulane. Um, and I didn't get into either one. I wasn't waitlisted, just was denied from both other schools. And I was a, you know, I was a 
great student in college. Um, I was a captain of my gymnastics team. I was all, I was kind of like a good pick from what I felt like, you know, certainly for something like the Naval Academy, but not for these other schools, apparently. Yeah. Oh, so you mean you were a gymnast in high school? Yes. Yeah. I was gymnast all growing up and then captain the high school team. Um, so I kind of had some of that leadership and I had the grades and decent uh, SAT scores, but not for these other universities. Mm. That probably plays into that same feeling of like, maybe they're just picking me uh, yes, because I'm exactly. from this little town in Vermont. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So going into the Academy, it, it sounds like, you know, you have this idea like of this adventure that you're going to go on coming from this small town in Vermont, you know, mm-hmm. your, your family's like kind of on board, kind of skeptical, but like, yeah. you know, they know it's a good opportunity. So um, you, it just, honestly, it's just the energy that you're bringing. It sounds like you were just excited to go try this new thing. Yeah, that's, that's exactly the feeling I had. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, to make the cut or, or complete my time here. And yes, at the time I wanted to go to med school. And so I kind of thought, well, you know, if, if this doesn't work, I'll try something else. But yeah, I had a lot of positive energy going into it. And for the most part, I think support, maybe surprise, but support from my family going into it. Were you at all apprehensive about military life post-graduation and what that would entail? Or were you not really thinking about that? Yeah, I wasn't even, that wasn't even, never entered my brain. I was just thinking, okay, I need to survive this time at the Naval Academy. Just, you know, when, when that time comes and I get close, then I'll start worrying about that then. I mean, I don't even think I knew what my options were for service selection. Certainly I knew that people served on ships, but other than that, I didn't really, you know, I was not into Navy SEALs when I was growing up, or I didn't know that. I didn't, I thought Top Gun was about the Air Force, not Navy pilots. I mean, I didn't have any of that background. I was just like, shoot it from the hip. And oh, by the way, it's free. Let's see what happens. Well, surprisingly enough, I can tell you that that's actually not that rare at the Academy. Uh, I was shocked how many people had never been on ships before, and some had never even seen the ocean. They just, a lot of people, yeah. And even when I was working there, the students that would come, you know, you know, people come for a variety of reasons. Maybe there's like a history of, you know, military in their family and a history of people going to different academies in their family, or it's free or it's all these, you know, but surprisingly, it's not that uncommon that they don't really know what they're getting into, you know? All right. So you you get into the Naval Academy. It sounds mm-hmm. like you were pretty much set that that's where you wanted to go once you got in and once you got yep. all your nominations in. And it sounds like you were really excited. Um, yeah. And so what happens when you get there? How do you feel? Um, you know, I felt great over, you know, our, our first summer, this plebe summer, you know, that we all go through is very physical. Um, and I had a, you know, a little bit of, uh, a little bit of preparation for it. I would say, you know, I wasn't the best runner, but I was kind of middle of the board and I wasn't the best at doing pushups, but I was pretty middle of the board. Um, so, you know, on the physical side there, I felt like there were other spotlights, not on me so I could kind of survive. Um, you know, I'd never, never been yelled at so much or, you know, had this structured lifestyle, but 
I just kind of fell into it and, um, you know, I could memorize the things that, that needed to be memorized and get hyped up by being on, you know, being part of this platoon. And, um, I mean, the, the, the whole, the whole idea of it generally, I mean, certainly had my moments was pretty enjoyable. Like I had fun. I, um, you know, we, we got to just do these other little tiny adventures while we were there and go to an obstacle course and go to an endurance course and try to complete different puzzles and different tests with a team, which I really, I really liked being part of a team. Um, I mean, the, really the hardest part of the whole summer for me is, it's going to sound so pathetic, but was the urinalysis and not because I had anything to hide, but because I'd never peed in front of a person before. So, <laughs> I mean, the first time they took me in for urinalysis, I was like, I can't do it. Somebody's watching me. So they, they actually made me drink, you know, so much water, they ended up kind of vomiting the water and I was singled out for this such a stupid thing because I just couldn't, you know, relax and follow this rule because somebody was, was you know, physically watching me, Yeah, um, yeah which, you know, I got through this <laughs> certainly, but, you know. Well, well, it definitely makes sense though what you're saying, because that's very much the energy uh i mean at least at, at the merchant Marine academy like when you go through in doc we call it in doc like when you go through okay. that summer um it really is like it's just a bunch of little mini adventures and it's all about team and camaraderie with your company and your you know all that stuff so it sounds like you really enjoy that so it makes sense yes, I, did. I mean looking back i enjoyed it much more than the academic years and kind of the years to follow because the academics are pretty tough for me. You know, I did fine middle of the board, but I definitely, I struggled with the academics and, and kind of doing these little mini adventures on with part of my team. Like I loved that. So I ended up doing kind of throughout my time there. Um, I served as a detailer twice cause I, I liked it so much as a plebe. And then, you know, I wanted to be able to go back and kind of, you know, help mentor and guide these new plebes that were coming in for two summers. Cause I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it, you said a detailer, is that what you called it? The first time I went, they called it a detailer on the second summer. They had finally termed the, the um, changed the term to cadre. So we became a cadre, um, but it was the same concept of just kind of being, you know, this, this mentor for these incoming, you know, group of plebs. Gotcha. Gotcha. So if you had to sum up your time at the Academy in one word, what would it be? Um, I mean, adventure or team or one of those two things. I mean, you know, when I was struggling with grades, I could turn to classmates that I developed relationships with and they helped me learn chemistry and learn physics and, you know, write essays and, and it all came back to being on a team for me. So all about that. Did you, you said you were a gymnast. Um, was that part of your, I don't know, does the Naval Academy have gymnastics? I'm not even sure. Yeah. So they actually don't have, um, women's gymnastics. They did have men's gymnastics for a little while. So I actually showed up to the Naval Academy and tried to join the diving team and they let me on. Um, and the whole, the whole purpose of being on a sports team, you know, if you weren't the absolute star, then the whole, um, upside to being on a sports team was that you got out of military drill, which was, doing parades for you know alumni classes and all of that awful stuff that I'm sure you can remember yeah nobody really wants to do so um I was I was on the diving team um it made great friends there we were part of the swimming and diving team together but I wasn't a swimmer um I was let on the diving team because of my gymnastics so I kind of had to learn how to dive and put those skills together 
um, but I joined that team. Mm. Yeah. What were some of the highlights for you while you were at the academy? Was the diving team part of it for you? Was that like a highlight for you, like being with that group of people? Yeah, um, that was a small highlight. I'd say the each summer we got to do, um, we got to check out like a little piece of the Navy, kind of like you guys doing doing your cruises, but ours was a, sounds like a little bit more abbreviated. Um, so we would go, you know, we would, we would hop on a ship for three, you know, pilot a very, very tiny ship for a month and, um, go check out, you know, the, do a very small version of what U S Marines were doing and kind of see all of these different sides. I think that's the part that I enjoyed the most because I literally had no knowledge of those, um, special communities before I, I joined the Naval Academy. Um, so I really enjoyed that. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of, yeah, I enjoyed being on the diving team, but I ended up leaving my, um, at the end of my third year, really because of my brother dying and brother passed away. So, um, but the team, you know, up till then and after that point was a source of support for me. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, I definitely want to get back to your brother dying. Um, it just sounds like though, overall, uh, you really, it's, you have such a positive energy. It sounds like you really <laughs> like to just get your hands dirty and like, like you really like the aspect of the Academy. That's like, we're going to go try this thing and do this thing. And we're going to go through, you know, this training program and the obstacle course and like your team and everybody's working together. It sounds like you really like that part of things. Like, Actually, definitely like, I really liked the all of the extracurricular activities that that revolved around being on a team yeah yeah were you feeling like you made the right decision while you're at the academy um, yeah yeah I, I mean after that summer I think when I you know when I graduated and I felt like I had kind of like achieved this thing of now being accepted at this academy I felt like I could I felt like I could do it um like I said, I don't think I was pre prepared for the rigorous um, academics. You know, I thought I took AP classes in high school and I thought I was kind of just ready to go. And then just the speed at kind of at which they moved through stuff, I was just blown away. And, and I don't have any other college experience to compare that to, but it seemed really just fast for me. And, and, you know, I was, I, I'd say I was semi-worried. I, I got through it each time and, you know, managed to study and pull off the grades enough, but and that was definitely a challenge for me. Did did this image you had in your head of what it was going to be like, did it kind of match? Because you did go in, obviously, to that summer with all these adventures. I mean, did it kind of yeah. did it, did it match some of that stuff that you were hoping for then? I mean, I think the adventure side did. We still took these little recons when I was a plebe, and we'd, we'd help upperclassmen kind of do sneaky things for, you know, around Army Week or, you know, all of those little extra things, those did meet my expectations. You know, that, that little recon weekend that I'd had in high school, I, my whole plebe year, at least that whole first year was really, um, I had kind of those same experiences over and over again. Um, so yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. 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 Well, um, while you were at the Academy, did you start to get more clarity about the direction you wanted to go post-graduation? Did that start to come into focus? Yeah, certainly. As you know, um, 
I think I got there and, you know, you have to kind of initially tell people what you're interested in doing. So they get an idea and it's just something that you can have as this goal to start working for. And as soon as the academic year hit and I saw that, um, you know, that I needed to have these, take these chemistry course courses in order to go to med school. And I was having such a hard time with a very basic freshman chemistry. I just thought right away that there's no way that my grades are going to be high enough for me to go to med school. So I see, I need to start thinking about other options. So I kind of, I kind of looked at all of them. Um, you know, being, being a SWO, being a um, surface warfare officer was, considered bottom of the barrel because you know if you didn't get chosen for something else chances are you were going to get picked to be on a ship and you could try to laterally transfer later on so I didn't I I think I didn't want to be a SWO because I didn't want to be seen as being at the the bottom of this bucket not because I mean I'd had a great time on the ships that I'd served on you know over the summers and getting to know what the crew does on a ship and, and kind of having this team that comes together and performs this mission. I mean, it was a very cool mission. I just thought I didn't want to be looked at as, um, as less than, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so briefly I thought about being a pilot and I think I took one of the tests, you know, that had spatial awareness and didn't do very well. I thought, you know, this, this probably isn't for me. Um, and you know, we didn't have as many options. We couldn't choose to be on a submarine, uh, we couldn't choose to be a Navy SEAL. Um, I had thought about being a Marine because I, I liked the mission. I liked what they stood for, but I didn't. I wanted to be in Navy EOD more than being a Marine. So that that kind of slowly rose to being the top of my list. And that was probably solidified by me doing kind of one of these mini tours with them over the summer with an actual EOD explosive ordnance disposal unit um, and seeing, Oh, this is, this is exactly the kind of team I've been looking for. It's a small team. They do this physical work. Um, it's specialized, but not too specialized. Um, okay. And yeah, kind of being in these small teams that really resonated with me. All right. Well, before we move on to your career path and how that all unfolds, tell me about some of the lowlights at the Academy that you faced. You mentioned your your brother passing. How did that impact you? Uh, oh man, that was um, my brother's sixteen months younger than me. Um, growing up, I was kind of the standout athlete, the standout student, um, and he was the younger brother. Ended up being the middle child. Um, so he had you know a number of different problems, and um, and he ended up he had been living in California, working for a little bit, and ended up coming back to my family's home in Vermont. And he was, he was swimming in this tragically freak accident in a, a brook or, you know, river near my house and he drowned. And um, it was September 11th, 2004. So we were at a football game and my mom called my best friend and said, I, I need to tell you something and I need you to be there for Sean. And when I get, when I give her the news and she, and, and she told me and, and I was just in shock because, um, you know, he was, he was just this amazing personality and, um, just an amazing person in general. And I, I couldn't believe that this had happened to, to somebody in my family. Um, so that kind of changed everything. I, um, you know, I was getting ready to enter, enter my, my first year and I had had a great summer doing some of these tours. And, and after that, I, um, 
just everything changed. I, I quit the diving team because I, you know, wasn't, I, I was kind of only doing diving to get out of this drill, like I had told you. Um, but I just didn't, I was not passionate about it at all. And I felt like it was, it was taking away from me being there for my family and me pursuing other things. So I stopped doing that. I, um, you know, went out with my classmates a lot more. Um, and just, just kind of wondered, you know, where my life was going to go. And, um, yeah, it was an awful, awful time. That that's really the highlight of, of, you know, the, the awful things that happened to me at the Naval Academy. Yeah. That's the loss of a family member and the grief and whew. Yeah. I think there was a lot of guilt too, because like I said, I, I was kind of like this star, child and and star person and he was he didn't have you know he had such amazing other qualities he was an amazing artist and he was part of a lot of the the you know drama activities in high school and he had so many other talents that I didn't have but they weren't recognized you know because because um you know me being just a um and shining star, I feel like overshined him. So I dealt with, uh, you know, a lot of guilt from that too. You know, he didn't, I don't, I don't even know what schools he applied to, but he didn't apply to the Naval Academy and his older sister had, and she'd done all these great things. And, and he, you know, I just felt just awful, awful guilt for a very long time. Yeah. That's a lot to carry. And especially like while you're at school and, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't imagine. And it sounds like it really, it really did impact you in the way you were viewing how you're spending your time, how you're spending your energy, what your focus is going to be. Like it really impacted you. Yes, it definitely did. Yeah. It changed everything. Um, and like I told you, um, we were, you know, we had to put in our choices for service selection. I think just as we returned to school, which would have been two weeks or so before my brother died. And I, I put Navy UD at the top of the list, not thinking that I'd get it, but thought that I'd had this great summer with them. Maybe there's a chance that I'll get it. And so I um, went through that interview, had a good interview with them and ended up getting it over, you know, other people. And I always thought that I, the only reason that I got it was they must've found out that my brother died and they must be feeling sorry for me. So they must've given this to me. I thought that my whole career. <laughs> This is like a theme with you, I guess, huh? I mean, this sounds like a theme, like you only got in because you're from a small town in Vermont, right? And now you only got the slot because you lost your brother. Like that seems to be your uh your Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Is. Yeah, yeah. But but that's tough. You carry that around. I mean, that's that's mm-hmm. tough. Um but so but you did end up getting Navy EOD, right? That's I did. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I did. Um, yeah, my company was really supportive and really excited for me. Um, and I, I was really excited too. I, um, so there were, I don't know how many people applied for it. You know, everybody would apply for these different communities and if they didn't get it, they'd get their second choice. And so, um, you know, we ended up having 20 of us, I think 20 of us from the Naval Academy who were picked and it was me, it was, you know, all men and me, and there was actually another woman. So it was a, it was a pretty limited amount of people who were in this community. Yeah. 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 So, so, but you still feel like you only got it because your brother passed. Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, I was on the, 
the women's swimming and diving team. So I was, you know, friends with some of these female swimmers and they were, they were pretty upset with me or didn't want to speak to me or didn't want to talk to me because they were just kind of shocked that they hadn't gotten it. I mean, there were two or three of them who were much better students than I was, you know, much better athletes than I was. Um, and I think they, and me, I expected them to get it over me. Um, but I got the spot and, and, you know, I still fell back on this reason. Well, this, they gave this to me, if, you know, they, they gave me this consolation prize for losing my brother. Mm. So, um, yeah. So, so did you carry that with you into your career once you graduated then? Was that pretty much like weighing on you or once you got yeah, out of Yeah, I think so. Or I, I, I felt like I had this extra weight on my shoulders to get through the, the pipeline in the community and not, not fail, not quit basically um, as much as I could because I'd been given this opportunity and I couldn't, I had to, I had to show people that I was like capable of, uh, that I'd earned it. You know? mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, before we dive into your career, uh, you know, post-graduation, like what were some of the key lessons that you think you took away from your time at the Academy with everything that happened, all the highlights and the lowlights and everything we've talked about, what were some of the key, the key lessons? Um, I mean, I, I feel like, um, you know, I've kind of touched on the, the whole theme of team before, but my classmates really came, my company mates, you know, we were at the Naval Academy, we were set up into 30 companies. And so there was 40, 40, 40 other, 39 other kids with me who entered the same as me, did the same physical activities that I did, did the same, you know, similar academics. And we all, all were hoping to graduate together but we really had to have each other's back when backs, when, you know, when, when big things happened like this and I wasn't the only one who had, you know, something awful happen at, you know, during my time at the Naval Academy, but my company mates really just surprised me. I mean, they, I don't have a, another college experience to compare it to, but you know, they were, they were my best friends who carried me during this, you know, during the harder times. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of no matter what, I could always call them or rely on them during my time at the academy and in the future, you know, just say, here's what's going on, because they understood. They understood this lifestyle that we had all picked together and, um, and they supported me. That's, that's really good to hear. Uh, I've spoken to so many women who, who don't really feel like they had those strong connections. And I don't know if they would feel that their company or their you know, their classmates would show up for them in that way. And the fact that you felt that, um, that you really felt like these were your people, this was your team. Um, mm -hmm. That's really, that's awesome to hear, you know? Uh, yeah. 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 Well, all right. So, so tell me about your life post-graduation. So Navy EOD. So give everybody a little bit of context of what that is. So the Navy EOD community, um, explosive ordnance disposal. Actually, most most of the services, Air Force, Navy, Army, and Marines have an EOD component. And the the role of of the EOD technician is to disarm <clears throat> bombs and mines, and most recently, of course, IEDs, improvised explosive devices. So that community, I I know. 
I only know the army EOD. That's like the only context I have here. I do know that there are not a lot of women. Uh, is that the same for Navy EOD then? From what you're sharing, it sounds like it is. Yes, it is. Yeah, there's very few yeah. women. Um, I mean, uh, there are a lot of um, EOD teams too that will deploy with SEAL teams. It's part of a special operations capability. So since we're not allowed to be SEALs or deploy with SEALs, there are um, few women in the community. Gotcha. Okay. So, so tell me about that then. So you leave the Naval Academy. It sounds like you're on this, like feeling pretty good, this high, like you have your team, you have your, you, you know, your group of people that you connect with. It sounds like you still have that adventurous spirit. You found a path that you're really excited about. Um, and then you go to EO, I'm assuming you go to EOD school. There's a school associated with, right? Is that yeah, there is. So actually first we went to dive school um, gotcha. because um, in addition to kind of, there is one EOD school for all of the services, but for the Navy portion, they are, they're expected to go to dive school first so that they can do that underwater capability. Gotcha. Um, so we go to dive school first and dive school is known for being very, very um, rigorous and very physical. And if, you know, if you're going to fail out in dive school, it's because you couldn't do, you couldn't swim fast enough or run fast enough or, or, you know, be this physical tough guy that, that they want you to be. Um, so that's the first step. Yeah. So, so how did you feel going into that step? And also how did you feel knowing that it's a community with very few women? Did that intimidate you at all or? No, I mean, I, you know, I, I'd grown up with my mom who was a, a single mom. She became a lawyer. And so she had kind of like already put this, you know, already kind of massaged into me just because you're a woman doesn't mean that you can't do these same things that men are. So you need to get out there and do them. Um, so, you know, that had kind of been my mentality through the, the Naval Academy and then getting there. So I didn't really, I thought I, I thought I would be able to pass the physical tests and, and kind of keep up with the guys. And I trained really hard for it, certainly um, kind of throughout my, my senior year and, and prepared myself really well. Um, and then I got there and there was, trying to remember if I think we started with 20 of us and there and it was it was mixed there was other people who had come from um from ROTC Mm -hmm. so um you know that I didn't know prior to getting there so it was you know 20 of us 18 guys me and this one other girl who came from another um, civilian university Mm. so how did how did that go so it went well initially, you know, I had to um, kind of perform just like the rest of my classmates and I, I kept up enough and that, you know, I, I could pass the test that they wanted me to pass. Um, I mean, to me, it felt like plebe summer all over again. We were, you know, asked to do ridiculous things and, and you know, kind of do it all with a sense of it really doesn't matter if you're your first cross the finish line you know, but if any of your classmates are last, then you're all wrong because you didn't help those people across the finish line. Um, so, you know, again, kind of the teamwork mentality all came back. Um, and, and I had a lot of fun, you know, I was really enjoying it. Um, we have, you know, we had to do certain physical things a day and then we'd spend a little bit of time in the classroom. Um, and then we'd kind of just work on the dive side a little bit and see kind of how, how it went. Um, how did you interact with that other woman throughout this thing? Did you feel supported by her? 
So initially I felt like I did. I was, I was just so excited. I think that there was another woman, like somebody that I could talk to, you know, about, you know, going through dive school, we had to wear a bathing suit underneath, you know, all of our, uh, all of our clothes that our dive classmates didn't have to do. And we had to wear swim caps, which the other guys didn't have to do. And we kind of had all these other little worries. So I was so excited to kind of like share this with somebody who had, who, you know, had worked just as hard as I had worked to get into this. Um, and so I initially I was, I was so excited um, and kind of relieved that there was somebody else with me. Um, so I was really excited and, and that changed a little bit down the road. She, she had some problems doing some of the physical tests and ended up not doing the requisite number of pull-ups, um, which, you know, looking back, these tests are definitely a little bit subjective, and, you know, I, you know, they'll, they'll let people through who they want to let through, but it, it, it does all come down to, Hey, can you do this, this physical feat for that school? Um, and this, this woman couldn't. And, you know, so a couple of my classmates and I would go and after hours, we'd work on this stuff and we'd talk about it and we'd kind of all come together. Um, and, you know, later on, you know, three, four, five weeks into dive school, it kind of came to light that she was not going to continue on with this um, pipeline because she, she couldn't meet this physical um, standard that they wanted her to meet. And so I just remember her pulling me aside and saying, well, you know, the only reason that you're here is because you're from the academy. And I was like, just in my mind, I was like, wait a minute, like you and I are all supposed to be on the same team here. You know, I'm helping you. We're friends. Um, you know, I just, I kind of felt completely let down because this was another woman who was going through the same stuff. And, and, you know, one of the thing I forgot to mention about dive school, which, which probably seems obvious is that yes, it's all male dominated, but some of these old guys, these old salts who'd been in for 20, 25 years did not want to see women in this community because they felt like it would make the community weaker just to even have that image of a woman doing the same job. And mm -hmm. so I remember these guys, you know, coming up to me when we're doing the PT and whispering in my ear, you know, you know, you're never going to make this, you know, you're never going to finish this, which of course, for somebody like me, just feels my fire and says, well, watch me, you know, but yeah. for another woman to say, Hey, you're only here for this one reason. And, and, you know, my, my background for saying, well, you're right. Maybe I am only here because I got lucky and I got picked and, Oh, you know, I'm also from this small state and yeah, you know, kind of like, coming back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Justifying completely what, you know, my existence for being in this community. So, yeah. 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 It, it's just so interesting. I'm, I'm curious how you process all that now, because at the end of the day, um, and, and I, I can hear it in your voice. Like you're someone who shows up and you, especially with this physical type stuff, like, I mean, and I'm talking like actually doing stuff and that's what yeah. it comes down to. And I, I really do hope you've come, you've made that connection <laughs> in your head. Like people can throw all these things at you. Right. But at the end of the day, it's on you to do it. Like you got, you got into the Naval Academy, you got through the Naval Academy, you got into AOD, you, EOD, you got through EOD. It's just like, so it's all their stuff. Right. I mean, <laughs> still that's I mean, like, it messes yeah. with you it does it totally does yeah yeah especially when you're 22 and, and already insecure yeah it totally messes with you yeah mm -hmm. yeah but it sounds yeah. like you are still um with all these all these birds chirping in your ear whether it be her and her comments or the old salts and their comments um, <laughs> yeah. it sounds like you were still able to put your head down and get through 
Yeah, yeah. I got through. I finished and headed to my um, first ship in Hawaii. You know where um, where I was one of three girls on that ship, and it was kind of um, similar similar experiences where um, you know we were a couple of us. You know, two two of us were very close, and one other woman um, was was a little more divisive, or I don't know what the right word is. Um, not really interested in, in being part of like team women, we can all do this together. Um, so yeah, but that's, that was kind of just a theme that I saw throughout my, my time. And that's really why I wrote to you was cause I just thought like, you know, now I've been out for seven years, I was in for eight. So, you know, almost the same time that I was in for, and I, I see these, these women, um, just lifting each other up in other communities. And I'm like, we were this such, we were such a small group. I mean, there's, there, we have a Facebook group of, of all of us Navy, um, EOD and diver women since the beginning of time. And there's 75 of us total beginning wow. from the early nineties. Wow. So it is such a tiny community. And yeah. you think that we would kind of like all have each other's backs and, and, you know, generally that wasn't really the case. Um, is that something yeah. that you've experienced in the Navy in general, where you just feel like, it's it's kind of hard to find women that want to really truly support what you're doing. Yeah, I think it's it's this like it's this competition, uh, you know, it, which I was certainly a part of. You know, this the competition of let me show what I can do, and if I'm going to highlight somebody else, then it uh, it also automatically means that I'm I'm going to take you know take away from me. Yeah. So instead yeah. of becoming this community that's that's supportive of each other, it's let me just not, you know, let me not be the person who's, who's the worst person. If I'm better than the worst person, rather than supporting that quote unquote worst person or, or female, um, it just was not an uplifting community. Yeah. Yeah. And as women, I know that like, I mean, Navy EOD, there's not a lot of women who get in and, and, you know, there's already in the military, you're vying for a few billets and a few spots for different things. So that underlying competition, um, I, it's just rampant. It's just rampant. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it, but it sucks because there's no, there's, you need support in these roles. Like as a Navy EOD officer, did you ever find anyone that was supportive of you? You said there was one on this one ship, right? that you were on? Yes. Yeah. As soon as I got to my first ship, this, this girl who had, who was actually just like one year ahead of me at the Naval Academy was just immediately like this big wide open arms of, Hey, this is going to be really hard. You know, you're on the ship with, you know, many guys who don't want you here. Um, you're doing this specialized job, like, you know, learn from what I'm doing and, and Hey, this works and Hey, this doesn't work. And she was just absolutely amazing. Um, we were on the ship together and then we actually ended up going through. So then, so the next step after our old pipeline used to be, you go to dive school, you go to your first ship, which later would become a merchant marine ship. And then you go to, um, EOD school, which again is another place where you're, you know, one of, one of few girls, um, and she also kind of accompanied me to the school and was, was a couple classes ahead of me. So she could still kind of be this mentor for me who was, you know, just, she was so unique and she was just this person who was, was willing to <clears throat> not sacrifice herself, but open herself to, Hey, this, you know, let me tell you about the the mistakes I had and the, you know, the, the skills that really worked for me and what I used to get through 
um, you know, with my perspective as a female, let's do this. Let's be in this together. Yeah. Such a dichotomy between this whole mentality of teamwork. Like there's like teamwork, but then there's also competition. And, um, but I'm glad that you, that must've felt like a huge relief to have someone that was on the same wavelength as you, like, let's get through this together mentality. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. She was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you ended up staying in Navy EOD for your entire time while you were in the Navy, correct? For eight years, you said? I did, yeah, for eight years, yep. Yeah, yeah. So so if you go back to that decision to go to a federal service academy, to go to the Naval Academy, I mean, you didn't really have any idea what you wanted to do. I know you dabbled with med- medicine, but clearly, mm-hmm. like, it sounds like it really impacted your whole life, like your whole career trajectory, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, when I went, when I'd gone to the Naval Academy and done this, this summer tour with an EOD unit and just seen what they had to offer and kind of the skills and the schools that they went through and this, um, kind of adventurous lifestyle they had, I was sold, sort of selected it and and got it. And, um, I mean, it, it was exactly what I wanted to do. It was, you know, I felt like compared to the, the, fleet navy this we were one step above and we had all these specialized skills that you know that i thought i could maybe you know bring that that experience with me you know when i got out i kind of i think i knew you know after i'd done my obligatory five years in the navy that i wasn't going to stay and make a career out of this and and maybe that's because i didn't see any you know any female role models in in powers of position in my community i mean most of most of them got out um to pursue other things or, you know, maybe just couldn't take the, the constant, um, you know, criticism from guys, but there wasn't really any, any people to look up to and see, Oh, Hey, there's, there's a woman up there doing that, that thing that I want to do in 20 years. So mm-hmm. I'm, I should get out and do something different and have kids and find a nice guy and settle down. So, so let's talk about that. So at eight, at the eight year mark, what did, what did you decide to do after that? Oh, well, my last, my last deployment in the Navy was, um, tumultuous to say the least. I mean, um, we were on a merchant marine ship doing a tour in Southeast Asia, um, just kind of waiting for any Navy aircraft or ship to go down so that we could respond and potentially and, and save people and save equipment, which never happened. So, uh, we spent a lot of time out there. Um, but the, I had 20 guys on my team. Most of them are great. A uh, few outliers. One um, who tried to stab another one of the the sailors, which was an awful, terrible experience. Um, so I, uh, I I knew kind of after this deployment that I would be looking for something else. Um, and I also I also knew that you know, life in the UD community would get more administrative. Um, and less kind of like leading out on the front lines. And so I knew I still wanted to be around people and work around people, not just bureaucracies and, you know, administrative processes. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I started applying to, uh, I thought, you know, again, thought about medicine again. Um, And my husband was actually the person who said, hey, instead of, you know, going through this you know, four year, four extra years of school and then a residency and then follow on education. Have you considered being a physical therapist? And, um, so I looked at it, 
thought it sounded exactly like what I wanted to do again, physical job, um, working with people. So yeah, I applied for school and, um, and got in and, and kind of started my, my career as a physical therapist, which, you know, hasn't really necessarily paid out, you know, the way that I thought it would, I'm not, you know, working at a clinic from nine to five and, um, I actually live overseas. My husband is part of the state department. So we work for embassies. And so I've ended up kind of working part-time a little bit for the government, um, you know, trying to pursue this physical therapy passion on the side, but really always kind of revert to my Navy time as, oh, hey, I used to do this cool stuff, you know, and I, I had a little bit of leadership and um, let me see what I can use those skills to do overseas. So mm. that's kind of what has ended up happening. How do you feel about that? Um, you know, I I feel like since I've gotten out of the Navy, I, I had kind of that structure and I had this trajectory and now, and I had people who trusted me to make these, you know, make these decisions. And now I kind of feel like each embassy we go or each, each new place we live, I kind of have to prove myself and say, Hey, but I used to be this, I used to be this really cool person who had these highly specialized skills. Like, can't you believe me? Um, Yeah, yeah. I can definitely relate to that. I, I know that a lot of women I work with and myself included, when you, when you leave the structure of whether it's, I mean, honestly, even in corporate America, like if you leave the structure of the system, the system, whether it's the military system or corporate system, where you have a title and a trajectory and a step ladder that you're going up and you're kind of like out in the world on your own. It's interesting. I find myself doing the same thing. Like you, you, you revert back to, oh, well, but I was a lieutenant in the Navy and that, you know, that you can understand, but now I'm just just floating around out here with, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But you're not, but you're not. Well, I know it certainly (laughs) feels that way. I'm glad you can relate. I'm glad other, other women can relate. Yeah. Well, because especially the military, it's so structured and it's so tangible when you say something and, and I hate the word civilians, but people that aren't in the military, um, they hear it and they, and they have that sense of like adventure. Oh, you were Navy EOD and, and well, what mm-hmm. do you do now? And it's like, well, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm a mom and you know, which, today I did some laundry, <laughs> which is way harder by the way. Than... I know it totally is. It totally yeah. is. I don't, I mean, I went through some very hard schools in the Navy and they are nothing like you know, raising your first child, especially like that is a whole yeah, new world yeah. that, that especially the guys that I went through training with have no respect for, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, because they don't understand that as a mom, you have to be on like all the time. All oh, the such time. a marathon. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah. yeah. Well, well, so, okay. So looking back, back now, looking back, how do you feel currently about your decision to attend an academy? I feel like it was a positive experience. Um, I feel like it, you know, I, like I had told you, I, I was kind of like this somewhat of a leader in high school, being a captain of the sports team and, and having okay grades. But I feel like the, the Naval Academy really taught me leadership. It really like put me in these situations where I had to make a decision with a small group of people, you know, and they were really depending on me to make the right decision. So I mean, I felt like kind of coming out of there and then coming out of, you know, some, some early pipeline stuff that I did in the Navy, I felt like I, I felt like it gave me leadership, you know, well, now I, 
you know, I'll see people doing things and I'm like, well, that's not the way that they would do things in Navy EOD, or that's not the way that they would do things at the Naval Academy. And I know it's so silly, but I have just have this confidence. I feel like that I didn't have before. And the confidence is, is caveated with all of those, these extra things that I told you about with this baggage that I carry. But I do feel like I have this confidence that I, I don't think I ever would have had at, at another university. Yeah, but that baggage that you carry is also what makes you strong and get through these things. That that True. baggage is what pushes you because you're always having this doubt, like like you always have this self doubt that like maybe maybe you really didn't earn it, so I better prove it. You know exactly. Yeah, and you do you do prove it every time. So we all have things that drive us, right? So yeah, definitely. there's a light in the dark to everything. Um, <laughs> definitely. So okay, so what's next for you? So you're a mom of three. You're pursuing this passion project on the side, you're living overseas. <laughs> what do you want next for yourself? You know, I've been thinking a lot about that lately. Um, I mean, I'd like to do more mentorship with women getting into the kind of career that I did and encouraging the way, them the way that I did. Um, and, you know, uh, like you said, I have three kids. I just had my first daughter um, and last child, by the way, done with kids. But, um, <laughs> but you know, having a daughter, yeah, I just have, have kind of totally, that's taken me back. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, you know, do I want people to talk to my daughter the, the way that people talk to me? And do I want her to put up with some of that nonsense? And, you know, how do I make sure that she's prepared for all of these things, all of these hard lessons that I learned? And maybe she's going to have to learn them herself, probably. But how do I what can I do for her? And what can I do for other young girls to give them this leadership and confidence that I got through attending, you know, the service academy and, and being in the Navy? Yeah. Well, there's certainly a need for that. And as someone that's just had a little girl myself, I can tell you, I think about that all the time. So yeah. it's, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's a, go for it, Shauna. <laughs> we need you. it in this world we do no, our little yeah. girls need it in this world they do um yeah they do all right well do you have any parting words for listeners any key messages you want to share with uh your fellow service academy sisters <laughs> um i would say if if you know you're interested in pursuing something that seems tough pursue it definitely go for it even if you fail i've failed so many times kind of throughout these processes um, and then just, you know, if you don't have a team, develop a team and take care of that team um, and be kind of just this, this positive, you know, guiding light beacon that the team can rely on and, and feel free to rely back on that team. Um, I don't think, I don't, I'm sure you can learn teamwork in other, other avenues, but, you know, the service academy is a great place for me to learn it. And, and it just reinforced kind of my values of being on one. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And what's one random fun fact about you that we can end on? Um, one random fun fact. Oh my gosh. Um, oh man. I'm trying to think of something really cool. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have to be cool. Sometimes the most uncool things are the best fun facts. <laughs> best. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, for our first tour in the foreign service, we lived in Burkina Faso and we lived in a town called Ouagadougou. Can you spell that for, for everybody? Yes, oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's O-U-A-G-A-D-O-U-G-O-U. 
and it has these beautiful, beautiful people there who are, who have the richest culture I've ever seen in my lives. And they're so caring. Um, I didn't know anything about Africa until we headed over there. This is a huge tangent, but I mean, this, this, uh, city of Ouagadougou is just, it's, it's incredible. And I had the opportunity to live there for two years with my family and kind of raise two little boys over there and teach them another language and, and, you know, introduce them to some of this culture. So that was super cool. That's amazing. Now I definitely want to go research that city more. Yes. It's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's a cool random fun fact. So thank you for sharing. Um, all right. And before we go, can you just tell everybody where they can find you and I'll put this all in the show notes, but just so everybody can hear it. Uh, what's the best way to reach you? Probably the best way to reach me is through email. My email is Shauna, S-H-A-U-N-A, 804 at Mm -hmm. Um, gmail.com. Yeah. Okay. uh, That's probably it. (laughs) Sounds good. All right, Shauna. Well, I appreciate you sharing your story. And uh, yeah, Thanks uh, thanks for the chat. No problem. Thank you. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to visit the Service Academy Sorority website to see photos, comprehensive show notes, and contact information for each guest. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. In addition, if you enjoy what you heard here today, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. And if you'd like to be featured on an upcoming episode, please feel free to submit your contact information on our website at www.serviceacademysorority.com.